Time Soul Surrender. I am Cosmos MD, your host. So, so happy to be here today to invite somebody who is so special to me, somebody who's helped me get to this point that I'm at right now where I can even have this podcast and share my thoughts with you and invite other humans to come and share their thoughts with you. I met Katie three years ago, though it feels like several more than that, (laughs) and has been, I refer to Katie as my shaman, my healer, and has been such a gift on so many levels, has helped me understand who I am by helping me see through the mind and really learn what it means to connect with the body. And I'm so just fucking excited that she's here. And I can't wait for all of you to hear her voice. You heard her giggle. And for you to hear all of the wisdom that she is going to be here to share with you all. Welcome to Sublime Soul Surrender, Katie. I'm so happy that you're here. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I am honored and excited to be here as well. I'm so sad that I have not in these three years actually been able to give you a hug outside of like the first maybe <laughs> months because then we all went into lockdown. So it's kind of funny to think that I haven't been in your physical space, but whenever <laughs> I do a session with you, it feels as if you are. So mm-hmm. I'm really hopeful that everybody that's listening to you is going to feel like you're with them in their room too, the way I feel like that when I connect with you. I hope that as well. I think it's been so amazing the level of connection we've been able to maintain and or initiate or start during this whole time. And it's really showed us um, the magic that can still exist via remote sessions. And in uh, my line of work and energy work, I think it's really shown people, um, given people that. Um, boost to kind of trust the remote work and begin to see and feel the potential of this work that it's everywhere all around us all the time. Yeah. Now, isn't that the most important thing that the energy is within that person? You're allowing them to just connect with that. Yes. And that we are, we live in a 3d world, but there's so much more beyond that. And so it's so, you know, sending someone love sending someone some positive thoughts um thinking of someone all of these things you know we maybe in our minds might think of it as just something that we say sometimes but if you've ever felt you know if suddenly start thinking of someone and then it turns out that they were thinking of you too or you're in a situation and you've reached out to someone you just suddenly feel enveloped in love we know that energy is all around us all the time. And it's not the same as our physical body restraints. That is so true. That is so beautiful. Before we get caught up in all of this, would you like to tell everybody who you are? (laughs) I would love to. So I have a bit of a challenging time with this question, actually. It's something that I've pondered my whole life. Because I have a bit of an issue with labels, Um, but I, part of who I am anyways, for the sake of this conversation, is I am a priestess of the divine feminine with a background in shamanic-based energy work. Um, And I am in service and on the path of love. Oh, (laughs) I 
want to hear that again. Oh, <laughs> based on the yeah. path of love. Yes, see it again. I am in service to and on the path of love. Oh, that is that is our title. Mm. I am on love, love, love. To and on the path of love. This is something that in a day and a year and a century like we have been in right now with so much of violence and so much of warring and so much of power battles, it's beautiful to hear you say that. Mm. It's so important for us to actually understand the power of that. Yes. Yes. Would you talk about that? I think what I'd like to say on that, it's... um a bigger kind of theme, but it's that notion, excuse me. It's that notion that everything is existing all at the same time. And perspective is a huge part of that. And I think that love can be found everywhere in anything, whether it's the sun shining on our face, you know, whether it's a tree blossoming open, whether it's, um, you know, the cashier smiling you, smiling to you at the grocery store, or someone holding the door open. Um, it's just beginning to attune to that frequency. And then before we know it, we're finding more and more of it. And that doesn't negate all of the grief and sorrow and despair that's happening as well. But I think that as we begin more and more to reattune to the frequency of love and more and more of us activate the capacity to hold that and to shine that out um i feel like a a beautiful balancing happens and it can really change change our lives yes and i think one of the things that's important is to recognize that it was always there and it is always there yes it's not like it was gone and you're inviting it back in Love is the core. It's the essence. We're just shades of, I don't want to say shades of gray. That's the book. (laughs) Write that in, sure. But we'll go with it. Shades of gray. Whatever you want to do with that. Uh, It's just so important to recognize, I think, that inherently, even with the most violent acts, there is love deep seated within that soul like the vibe yes. the very essence we are love and um i have on my um rolodex of practitioners i work with and refer out there's a woman who works with entities and i absolutely love her definition or explanation of what an entity or that kind of thing is it's not that it's evil per se she says that it's just forgotten what love is. Mm -hmm. And so she says that her job, what she does is she just reminds it what love is. And I feel like that is so much. It's not that there's maybe this other thing. It's that maybe there's just this lack of love and that you're so right. It's in all of us and we are all love and we all have the capacity to love. It's just reawakening it. And also, I think a huge part of it is remembering it within. Sometimes we get stuck in that seeking it externally um, kind of path, and it's really easy to maybe not see it in that way. 
But as we can remember to love ourselves and reawaken it within, then bam, it's all around us. That is so critical. I'd love for our listeners to hear from you. If you have some quick tips on how somebody can remember, say that somebody is filled with just huge amounts of grief and loss and sadness, or has been a victim of really bad violence, or Mm. has been treated in a way that they've been dismissed, or they're part of a marginalized community and they don't, they're not seen or they don't feel seen. Yes. And and so then anger can take over or just Mm -hmm. retracting into themselves can take over and disconnect yourself from your body. How can they remember who they are? How can they remember their love? And how will that help them? Thank you. Thank you for this question. I feel like this is so important. I want to emphasize that we're not talking here about kind of toxic positivity. There's all of these things exist. All of these things are valid. Every single emotion we have, every experience we have is 100% real and valid. Um, And I think that's the beginning of remembering how to love ourselves is that truth right there. That if we are full of anger, if we're full of grief, if we are struggling, that all of that is okay. And to allow ourselves to feel those things. I think one of the biggest um, kind of problems arises whenever we try to push parts of ourselves away. So when we try to say, oh, I need to, you know, when we think that love is only the light, beautiful things, or when we think that only the quote unquote positive emotions are okay to experience. And that, you know, if we're in some of those darker emotions, quote unquote, you know, people might consider them bad emotions, that we have to get out of them. You know, divine timing, (laughs) divine timing, an emotion we might be in or a situation we might be in might last longer than our minds would like it to. We might be, truthfully, there's no bad emotion. There's no good and bad aren't really things, you know? Right. And the ability to feel, I feel, is extremely powerful. And part of why we are incarnated as humans at all, like the magic of our ability to feel the full spectrum is huge. And so even the anger that's bubbling up, the frustration, the grief, the fact that it's bubbling up, the fact that we're feeling it, is a celebration and is huge because we cannot heal anything. We can't move through anything if we don't feel it. So I think first off, I would say, you know, allow yourself to feel um, and find a safe space, whether that's, you know, in your own room and you make it to a place that feels really safe, whether it's a community, whether it's a loved one, whatever it might be, where you can comfortably show up as yourself and then I would say it's hard to condense (laughs) trying to keep it short I think that is also important that we have to be the ones that begin to shift our perspective to seeing the love within ourselves so just find one thing that you can say that you love about yourself whether it's something physical you know oh I have a beautiful smile whether it's, um, you know, I'm really good at my job or I'm a great mom or I'm a great friend or I'm a great whatever you do for work or whether it's, 
like it can be anything big or small and just start with that one thing. And if you're able to just highlight that one thing each day and say something that's nice to yourself. And then one of the things I, I tell my clients and I remind myself regularly is that we need to combat that voice within ourselves. That's extremely negative and critical. And so I say, pick a, an affirmation, anything that's simple to remember. It could be as simple as I love myself. That might be really complicated for some people. So it could be, you know, I accept myself exactly where I'm at right now. Right. It could be, you know, whatever it might be, but have something that you can easily remember. And when you begin to become aware of that negative voice popping up in your head, try to put it on repeat, this affirmation. And all you're trying to do is sort of stop the forward momentum of that negativity. So that it's not, so that you're staying conscious and then you can see what you're feeling then and progress that way. I think that's where I'd say to start. There's so many other beautiful ways as well. It's such a beautiful, powerful way to start. And I think there's so much in what you just said. The most important one for me is that safety piece that for people to create whatever that looks like for them. Mm. And then taking that safety one step further, the affirmation should also feel safe. Yes. And and not too far of a stretch that it feels false. Exactly. And there is a point, a little bit of a, tell me what you think about this, because I do believe that this is true. If we're putting an affirmation about something that we want to invite in, the there are two ways that that could happen. One is that it's a part of your practice. You're already familiar with it and you move on and it becomes, I wouldn't say robotic, but it's something that may or may not necessarily feel like a tug because you've already done the work so that the affirmation process may not feel like a struggle. But the other part, and this is, I think the more important one is for the people who are using affirmations to help them come out of a dark or difficult space. And so any affirmation can feel like a stretch. Any affirmation can feel yes. like you're pulling me into a space that I'm not ready to go. So there has to be a little bit of tension if we want to pull ourselves out of a space that we don't want to stay in, but we're not really sure how to get out of it ourselves. So the affirmation is one of the ways. There has to be some level of discomfort with that statement, if you don't necessarily believe it's true, but you have a deep knowing that it is true. There's a difference between knowing and belief. Yes. So what I think I hear you saying is sort of finding that balance between something that is kind of leaning into your edge versus something that is jumping way too far outside. Yes, I love that leaning into your edge. That's exactly it. Yes, Katie. So yes. There has to be a permission that we give ourselves. That's why I think the safety piece is important to feel that leaning into the edge where you still feel safe. Yes. Even though it may feel uncomfortable. Yes. And this, I'm really glad you brought this up as well. This is such a key piece. Um, and part of my belief system is that we shouldn't, transformation doesn't have to be turbulent. Transformation doesn't have to be extremely painful 
It doesn't have to, like, in order to, quote, unquote, do the work, we don't have to, like, completely force ourselves into a nervous system meltdown, scary place. Um, It can just be leaning on the edge, leaning on the edge. And before we know it, that edge spreads and we're suddenly in a place that before would have been extremely uncomfortable. But we did it more easily. We did it more lovingly. We didn't try to push ourselves to a place we weren't ready for. So a huge, um, a friend of mine told me this and it's been, she put into words, <laughs> just the perfect thing that is the way I live my life, the way that I work with clients and just a beautiful statement. And it is that we can only move as far as our slowest part. Mm. And so um, consciously, we might maybe have uncovered a lot of our wounding. We might be aware of a lot of things, but our nervous system, parts of our body might still be in it. And so we cannot move at our mental speed. We have, that's where that embodiment piece comes in and where really connecting into our self comes in to know where we actually are. And I love what you mentioned about the affirmations because an affirmation, and it, it doesn't even have to be an affirmation. Anything can be easy for someone and very challenging for another person. And there's no hierarchy to it. There's no should. It's if your edge is something that's on the edge at all for anyone else, that doesn't matter because it's it's a personal journey, this healing path. And it's my belief is that we shouldn't have to dig or to force in this journey. I believe everything is extremely layered and the layer that you are currently at, your body, your energy, spirit, uh, will bring that bubble, that layer up to the surface to make you aware of it when it's time. I think often we're mentally aware of layers that are much further down and it's not time yet. And we're like, well, I'm going to work on this. And then we're like, why, you know, I'm just a hot mess. I'm spinning my wheels. I'm not doing anything. And it's because we have all those previous layers to work on. Um, that maybe mentally don't seem like what we want to work on or don't seem as intense or this or that. But through each layer, we are gaining, we are strengthening, we are gaining tools, we are connecting more deeply so that eventually when we do get to that previously scary layer or intense layer, maybe it doesn't feel that way anymore. Maybe it just naturally flows. Yes, the charge changes and shifts. There's so much wisdom. I want to repeat your statement because I want Went on a little bit. <laughs> oh, not a tangent at all. You're going exactly the way we're supposed to be going in this conversation. You know that the divine yeah. is working, and this is such a beautiful gift for all of us. This sentence we can only move as far mm. as our slowest part. I want that to sink for everybody because that's so wise and it ties into everything you've said to the very last piece that what we just, what you just shared, where if our mind is thinking, I want to do blah, blah, blah. And you've created that as a, maybe a really big idea of where you want to eventually see yourself. And you think that's where I'm going to go right now. Mm -hmm. But there are all these steps that have to be taken. 
it could be very frustrating to have to say to yourself that I have to take these other steps. (laughs) Those weren't even in my, right. Those weren't in my mind. I want to go there. Mm -hmm. And this piece of it is also relevant that moving at, moving at your pace, your mind may say my pace is fast enough to get me to that pinnacle right now. But if you haven't worked through things that haven't allowed you to get there yet and understand in your body, not necessarily in the mind, how it feels, then mm-hmm. that it, that becomes your slow part. That It's this process of what you said about feeling like a hot mess. And I see this happen all the time where you try to get to that pinnacle and then all these roadblocks show up and then the frustration shows up where people can then give up and say, oh, I'm not meant to get there. And it's yeah. actually not that that's not necessarily the truth. I mean, that could shift. Perhaps that's a truth as a result of what you've gone through, but it could also be that you're meant to explore the pain of going through whatever it is you have to go through to get to the next step, which may not feel like it's on the trajectory to that pinnacle, but it most likely is if that (laughs) pinnacle is still what you want. And I know I've said this in a way that may may feel confusing for listeners, but you're nodding, so you get it. I'm wondering if you can maybe take the words that I just used in a way that makes more sense so people can hear what I'm trying to say. Because I don't think that was 100% clear, even though it's clear to me. Is it clear to you? Yes, yes. Um, So a beautiful example of this in the real world is this notion around people who win the lottery. So people win the lottery, they get a bunch of money out of the blue. And then I think, I don't know the stats off the top of my head, but it's some extremely high percentage within a year, they're back in their original financial state. And that is essentially, that is jumping to whatever that layer is, right? You're like, this is what I want. This is what I have. And then we either self-sabotage subconsciously, or we don't have the tools in place. We don't, we haven't strengthened or healed or uncovered in order to maintain And sometimes we even snap back further because we have propelled ourselves into something that is so outside of our comfort zone that we snap even sometimes further back to get back into some semblance of a comfort zone. Sometimes that shrinks our comfort zone. Whereas if instead in this analogy, say you were given $20 a day. And so what that is, you're leaning into that edge edge of abundance. You're leaning in, you're leaning in. Each time you're given that $20, you might be able to confront some other layer of um, scarcity mindset or inability to receive or self-worth or whatever that might be. So then after that one year of those slow little leaning into the edge steps, suddenly maybe you've saved that money. Suddenly you're able to hold the capacity of of abundance and prosperity and wealth. And you're able to just keep soaring in that direction. And there doesn't need to be a snapback. There doesn't need to be um, this giant leap. Does that that make sense? Yes. I think it makes perfect sense. That's the process of having the tools that you need to be able to access the different depths. And yes, you get the lottery. You don't necessarily have in place what you need maybe to hold on to it, to know how to keep yourself safe. So you can expand that and put any other example in there. Exactly. 
And so I, I, I want to make sure the audience understands that we're not saying not to have those pinnacles to reach at all. Oh, not at all. Opposite. It's to allow yourself to give yourself the freedom to feel a little bit uncomfortable, maybe angry and pissed off along the way if it feels difficult. And I say this from experience because talking to Katie (laughs) three years ago, when I was working with Katie for the first time, I had so much resistance in embodiment. You remember. (laughs) I do. And I wanted to understand. I'm a cerebral person. I wanted to get it. I was like, no, mm. don't waste my time and tell me what <laughs> happened. I don't even know what you mean. It's happened to my body. What are you talking about? So I've said this on a different episode when I was with another healer of mine, because both of you have been paramount in my understanding embodiment. I look at that as that was leaning into my edge. For me, mm-hmm. being able to, in my head, think, while I'm meeting with you, whether it was virtual or in person, we're going to do ABC, but you would say, we're just going to do a healing session of energy. And I'm like, huh? Really? <laughs> and I was like, but I want to understand. And you're like, yes, I know you like the visuals. You're going to still feel it, but allow yourself to just be in that process. I get the wisdom because it all made so much sense. That was my leaning into the edge. I had to continue staying in the process because yes, transformation happens without action, meaning there is action, but the action isn't necessarily my taking an initiative step to do something at every moment. We do need to make steps, but there's this integration time. Yeah. So what you're talking about now is the difference between the divine feminine energies and the divine masculine energies. And our culture, what we're kind of conditioned into is the divine masculine of doing, that we always have to be on and doing, making it happen, and essentially relying on our willpower to get stuff done. In the divine feminine, there's a surrender to it. There is a flow to it. There is so much strength in leaning in and surrendering. It's so, it's something that I find I work on with all of my clients is this shifting point from masculine-based energy to the feminine. And saying masculine and feminine, I'm not talking about gender. Each, all genders have all um, divine feminine, divine masculine energies. And we need both of those energies. Um, And there's certain things where we're going to really celebrate and enjoy and want to work with the divine masculine energy versus the divine feminine, where the divine feminine comes into play in my session work and in the healing journey is honoring the slowest part of us. And so our mind wants to jump into that masculine energy. It wants to say, yeah, but I know about step 10, so I want to do it. I want to get there. And our body is saying, our nervous system maybe is saying, I'm not ready. I don't feel safe. There's more to come up. No. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And then that's when the wheels spin. And so by surrendering, and yes, at first there's a 
boatload of impatience that comes up. There's frustration because our the United States is built on this premise of kind of hustling and that you can have whatever you want if you make it happen. Yeah. And the divine feminine says you can have whatever you want. You can have whatever is meant for your highest good. There's unlimited possibilities. And if you surrender, if you trust, if you lean into divine timing, it's not just your willpower or your where you're at that makes it happen. It is where we're at in our personal journey, where the world is at in its collective journey, where you know the planet is at, where maybe different um, relationships in our lives or people in our lives are at. I constantly have to keep reminding myself when something maybe isn't working. And then I see later on that it's like, oh, well, because this person that's also tied to it, you know, wasn't ready yet, or the events weren't lined up just yet. And that's not something you can willpower through because you can't force other people to, you know, get to where that alignment needs to happen. And I think taking the pressure of that off can be very transformational. And then it can allow us to be more present where we're at. And when we're more, more present, we can be more connected and tuned into ourselves. And then we can begin to see all the magic that we hold because we're actually witnessing ourselves where we're at, not just witnessing where we haven't gotten to yet. Yes. Oh my God. I love that. Witnessing where we're at, not where we haven't gotten to yet. Yes. Really beautiful. That's presence. Because again, using that same example of the pinnacle, it's the same thing. If you negate the steps to get there, you're definitely not present. You're also not going to be enjoying this experience, even if some of it is difficult. And that future pinnacle, God knows when that's going to happen. So then when it does happen, you may feel like you lost out on that journey. And oftentimes what happens is then there's a new pinnacle. Yes. And so you're constantly in the striving state to get there. And when we're in that striving state, part of a consequence of it is being in that awareness of the fact that we're not there yet. Yes. And sometimes that feels like failure or that feels like not good enough or, you know, kind of the not so loving side of communication within ourselves. Whereas when we can really be present and learn to enjoy the journey, all of those pinnacle moments are still exciting and wonderful and we're still moving forward in in our life and we still can dream into being, we can co-create any life we want for ourselves but we maybe are feeling more joyful. Maybe there's more love in our life. You know, that, that whole saying of stopping to smell the roses mm-hmm. or flowers, I'm not sure. I guess. Yeah, the roses. That's so true. You can make yeah. it you want. <laughs> <laughs> Getting to really enjoy each moment that we, and this might sound a little bit strange to say, but as we're on this journey, we get to this place where we might even enjoy some of the painful moments. Oh, I don't think that's at all. I'm glad you mentioned that. I think that the beautiful experiences of learning how to enjoy the darkness is, is accepting our whole selves. So I, oh my God, we need to have another session just on this because we're (laughs) going to run out of time, but I do want to drop this in because I think this is very, very powerful. 
and maybe this would be the second time we'll have you come back to just dig into this one deeper. The existence of the dark and the light, mm. the existence of good and bad, if we want to call, call it, create judgment, I don't. So we'll take away good and bad. The existence of dark and light, light and dark. Yeah. Right? Like that. that is also another word for dark could be shadow. And another way of looking at light could be your inner, maybe you will call your inner light. But I will say that that inner light encompasses the shadow side and encompasses what may be for other people, a brighter side. However, if you can enjoy the shadow side, all of it is bright. You start to see that you are a result of all of your experiences. Yes. That grief, that loss, that sadness, that all of it helps you become who you are. We're not inviting it. We're not Mm -hmm. wanting anybody to have to live through more tragedy, more than any, like, I, I don't want that message to be delivered. That is not the message. The message is if we can find ways to find pleasure, even in those dark spaces, it allows us to get through that in a way that doesn't feel like um, going through a sludge. It can feel a little bit lighter. And there are ways that you can do that and not creating at all a space here of spiritual bypassing. This is more of how can you shift that experience that we we're very used to learning, which is only the um, celebratory experiences for, I don't know, give me an example for, okay, for passing an exam, right? Versus failing. Mm, Yes. I have failed so many more times than I've passed. Yes. (laughs) To all of my patients listening, I have failed many, many times. (laughs) Yet I eventually passed. And what I learned from the failures were how to learn, how to undo some of the learning that I was doing that was wrong for myself, but the way we teach and the way people learn are all different. But more than that, I shit load of resilience because I didn't mm-hmm. give up. I could have, mm-hmm. but I knew what I wanted to do. So I kept trying. And I also reached out for help. I allowed mm-hmm. myself to say, okay, I have a different way of learning. And I'm going to get a support. And I did. Mm -hmm. And I think that is important. And that's what I mean by finding pleasure in the shadow is by allowing yourself to find ways that that can then work for you. And then it becomes a strength. And then the next time it's not a shadow anymore. Beautiful. And I think to keep it short, all I would add is that all of our experiences as they're all part of us, but they are not who we are. And I think as we learn that and as we can begin to observe our life without, or these experiences without um, this kind of notion, for example, if we fail, not that we are a failure, but that we have failed, mm. that we have the experience, but that we are not complete, we're not over, we are still moving forward. And you can't be a failure if you're still moving forward. So I think it's taking that identity piece out of it. And then what begins to happen as we have that shift is we're able to observe our experiences. And there's a part of us that is in it, that is feeling it, that's necessary. 
that might be having a real shit day. And then there's a part of us that's all of us that is observing it, that is saying, yay, like I'm learning or I'm growing or like, wow, whatever it might be that then pulls us and gets us to the other side in that way where like you're saying, it's, it can um, expand those light moments even more. Yeah. So yes, I I, I do agree. This would be a whole, (laughs) we could talk so much on this. There's so much beauty in you and so much depth in you and so much wisdom in you, Katie. I really would love to invite you back for more. I'm so glad you were here. Thank you so much. I would love to before, because we are definitely expanding this beyond <laughs> what we thought. It's just what happens when you're around somebody as incredibly glorious as Katie. Is there Aww. something you would like to share to the audience before we end our conversation today? I would like to share a message from the plant spirit lavender. And that is that all of you, to everyone who's listening, all of you is welcome. All of you is enough. All of you is deserving and worthy of love. All of you is worthy and deserving of love. Oh, that is the best way to end. I can't think of a better message to our (laughs) audience. Thank you, Katie. Thank you for being here. Thank you for sharing your light. (laughs) Thank you so much, Cosmos, for having me. It's been such uh, an honor and joy. I could talk to you for hours and hours and hours. (laughs) We will, and we will, and we will. And for our audience who's all over the globe, thank you for being here with us, going on this journey with us, spending time with us. And I hope you receive all of these beautiful messages that Katie is sending your way. And take some time to write or speak out loud your affirmation for the day. And remember your beauty within. And that uh, as we had already heard Katie say, all of you is welcome, enough, worthy, and deserving of love. Have a beautiful morning, afternoon, night, evening, wherever you are in the world. Thank you for being here. Come back again next week where we will be back with another episode. Sending you all lots of love. And to you, Katie, a big hug.